You're listening to Fucking Sober. You know, when it first started, I mean, there was a lot of things that were hard. This is season two, Betsy. I've always had a very demanding job. You had to carve out time for yourself every single day. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm a full love. Episode seven. Sobriety became like a full-time job. Watch me fall in love. And I don't even know Sobriety you. Became- day 75. Yeah. I'm a fall in love. Fucking Sober is a serialized show, so if you're new here, start at episode one. If you're not, this is our second to last episode of season two, Betsy. Thanks for listening. Hey, Bets. Where do we keep the uh, metal bowl with the holes? The bowl with the holes? Yeah, you know, like uh, to drain the pasta. The strainer? Yeah, the strainer. Under the sink, Matt. Thanks, son. No problem, sweetie. Is he for fucking real? The bowl with the holes? The dude has a law degree. Oh, I think the kids are going to love this dinner. Mac and cheese and hot dogs are a real comfort food. Thanks for helping me tonight. Anything for my beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. That's about fucking time he helps out a bit more. I look forward to Friday nights now. Not for my drunken escapades with Tiffany anymore. Hey, what are you so busy doing over there? Anyway? Matt comes around my shoulder and tries to peek at my computer screen. Nothing, just a little online shopping. But I close my laptop before he can see the tabs that are open. Smells good. Daddy, are you cooking? She looks at Matt with a wooden spoon in one hand and my pink apron wrapped around his wide shoulders. That's right, Penelope. Dad's choice tonight. Wieners and noodles. <laughs> ah, Matt, the pasta. Shit. Daddy made a mess. Oh, uh, no, no, no. You need to use the special cleaner for that, Matt. Uh, okay. We keep that under the sink as well. It's okay, Bets. I'll deal with it. Especially for the stainless steel I'll, I'll deal with it. Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, no. Dad is cooking? Matt, is something burning? Did, what did you put in there? Guys, oven? everyone. Hey, I got this. Oh, my God. Dad's about to blow up the kitchen. Boys, quiet. Uh, Dad, I think you're going to blow up our house. Poppy, can you uh, set the table? I did that last night. It's Connor's time. Not it. I start racking my brain for the takeout that everyone likes. Hells no. I am not doing it. Let's just use our hands and eat off the counter. Hey, that's enough. They do that in some cultures. I need some help, guys. Matt, don't yell. It doesn't work. Seriously, Bets? Do you want to get off your computer and take a break from your Bloomingsdale shopping spree for a second, please, and maybe lend a hand? Is he serious? The kids stare at me and wait for my reaction. Instead, I stand up and begin to walk out of the kitchen, holding my laptop. Betsy, no, no, stop. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, Betsy, seriously. I continue to walk out. Kids, everyone out. Now, upstairs, outside, downstairs. I don't care where you go. Get out. Mom and I need to talk. Here we go. Are mommy and daddy fighting? Nah. Let's go play foosball. Dinner's going to be ready in 15, okay? Yeah. Hey. What's going on, Bets? You don't seem like yourself tonight. I settle down at the kitchen counter. Matt looks at me nervously as he checks on the hot dogs that are sautéing in the pan. Ever since I walked in the door, you've been, like, uh, distant. Distracted. He's right. I have been acting differently. I have to show you something. Is there anybody in there? 
I discovered that I had an actual love for writing during my sophomore year intro to creative fiction course at Trinity. I remember dragging myself out of my dorm room for that dreaded 9 a.m. creative writing course on Monday mornings, but something told me that creative writing might offer something to me that my other courses didn't. There are no final assessments in my courses. And Professor Bridal had a way of looking at the world and writing that perked up my curiosity. I found myself raising my hand and asking questions, something I never did before. So with world building, you want to consider immersing your reader in an entirely unique and brand new location. And when it came time, I even shared my work, knowing I had the freedom to express myself in ways I couldn't otherwise do in my daily life. When creating your world on paper... I might have been in my early 20s, but I felt like suddenly I had a lot to say. Understand that you're really starting from a blank slate, okay? Every word you set down is a cue to your reader about the world your characters inhabit. And my small confidence in this snowballed into daydreams about becoming a published author. Years later, after I had stopped writing for nearly a decade, I still held on to that daydream. <laughs> One day, ladies, I will write a book about my life. I told the girls this over shots that Saturday night. I truly believed I would one day be an author. Ooh, cheers, Betsy! Yeah, you will, girl. Write about me, okay? Side note, no one ever means that. I slide my MacBook Pro across the countertop. Don't freak out. He sits down beside me and I slowly open my computer. I've been writing. Writing? Yes. I've been blogging. Blogging? What the fuck do you mean by blogging? What, what's a blog? It's an online journal. Uh, okay. I've been writing about my sobriety. For how long? What do you mean? How long have you been posting these things? I stare down at my hands. Betsy, hey, please look at me. I can't look at my husband. Um... Hey, why haven't you told me about this? Why, why are you even keeping this from he me? He begins to pull off the apron, clearly unhappy. It gets stuck around his neck, and he tugs Here, let me do it. You're gonna rip I it. I pull off the apron for him, and he sits on the counter stool. He won't even look at the screen. So why the hell have you been hiding this? Um... He's mad. Fuck. When I started this whole writing thing, I didn't want Matt to know what I was doing because I liked the idea of having something that was just for me, which is half the truth. The other half was that I was tired of keeping this just for me and I wanted someone else to talk about this, to gossip with, to commune with. And so I figured, like any other time I make friends, I could share about myself and my experience first, maybe make others feel more comfortable enough to share. And to my pleasant surprise, they did. When did you start? Um, the second day. The second day? Okay, so what, you've been hiding it from me for what? 72 days. 72 days. A sober and strong mom. That's what the blog is called? And you've been writing and posting on this daily for the last few months? Practically. Let me rephrase. You've been writing and posting about us without telling me for the last few months. I wasn't intentionally trying to keep it a secret. It just sort of happened. Okay. Um, 
I get I was just trying to make sense of some stuff, you know? Trying to get comfortable with this new side of myself. I was scared that I couldn't do it. You wouldn't take me seriously. I couldn't take it seriously. I thought people wouldn't read it. I needed something else that wasn't just mom stuff. I don't even know if it's real yet. Okay, I, I, I can't think about this right now. I, I need to deal with this fucking dinner. The hot dogs are burnt. Neither of us say anything. Oh, hey, guys, are you all done fighting? Can we freaking eat now or what? We aren't fighting. Oh, ha. Yeah, I'm okay. For real. Okay, I'll help set the table. Mommy, we have pajama day at school tomorrow, and I really want to wear these unicorn jammies. Can you wash them, please? Oh, of course, Poppy. Mom, can you help me with my math homework now, please? I grab the plates and glasses, keeping one eye on my husband, who hasn't looked at me. I balance the dishes in one hand and grab a stack of napkins. Connor, let me see your math. I scan the fraction worksheet in my right hand as I begin to set the table. Hey, Con, you need to find the common denominator, bud. Oh, I forgot that step. Thanks, Mom. Mommy! Here are my jammies that need to be super clean and ready to go for tomorrow. Poppy tosses them to me and I catch them right before they knock over a glass. I'm watching Matt put a mound of burnt hot dogs in a bowl and undercooked mac and cheese on a plate, his jaw tight. I want to explain to him this was more than just distraction, that it's ignited something inside me. I feel awake again. But for some reason, I say nothing and grab the ketchup. You and I didn't know of a life of sobriety and like, as bad as I feel saying it, like if we knew somebody that didn't drink, we'd be like, oh, person yeah. doesn't drink, I don't, I don't trust somebody that yeah. doesn't drink, Yeah, we always right? just say that, we don't. I don't trust somebody that doesn't uh, drink, yeah. right? <laughs> Which don't trust them if they don't drink. Right, like, and, and now thinking back, like it's such a stupid thing to say. If I could save your life, I would, my baby, I love you. If I could take away the pain, I promise I love you. It's levels to this game, but I'm not a player. We all up and down like elevators. For the record, you the one that's getting away. Did you brush your teeth, Poppy? I snuggle in beside my daughter and lay my head down on her pillow. Her soft blonde hair tickles my cheek. I pick up her library book from school and open it up. If you give a mouse a cookie, I remember how I used to say to her, hold on a minute, and rush downstairs to grab a quick sip of Tito's before I was able to dive into story time. Instead, I relax into the coziness and warmth of the moment. This is enough. Good night, Poppy. Good night, Daddy. He walks over and gives our daughter a kiss, avoiding my stare. I try to catch his eye, but he is stubbornly steadfast in his silent treatment. Writing on this blog has been an outlet I never knew I needed. Some days it feels like I'm writing to myself. Other days, I'm writing to the Betsy from two months ago. Sometimes I speak to hungover Betsy, waking up on the floor at 4 a.m. Then it's the blacked out Betsy who didn't remember putting her kids to bed, and I try to reassure her that there are other options. And then I write to the mom on day two of sobriety, terrified and confused. Sometimes I write to the Betsy from college though, the Betsy who had so many ideas, so many plans for herself. 
She always saw herself with three kids, but never pictured that life clouded in a haze of alcohol. She didn't know she would be trying to escape the bedtime routine with a shot of vodka. That innocent 18-year-old who wanted a fairy tale, picture-perfect life, but never believed that her dreams would actually make her want to escape her reality into the bottom of a bottle. Today, I'm happy to say that I'm finding a freedom without the crutch of alcohol, though. Writing has become a great source of relief in discovering this new side of me, and for that, I am grateful. I click submit on the blog post and close my computer. I sigh with relief, because that is the only thing I feel at this moment. Relieved. Even if my husband isn't speaking to me, at least I don't have any secrets. I place my laptop on the bedside table and lay my head down on my pillow as Matt comes out of the bathroom. Is it just me, or is he stomping his feet? He flops down into the bed beside me with a huff and lays his back to me. He turns on the soothing sleep sounds. Neither of us are soothed. I am uncovering who I am, and like a child, I'm learning what I can do. Hi. Silence. Are you going to talk to me? He turns over onto his back and stares up the ceiling. I'm not sure. I lean over and kiss his cheek. Okay, let me know when you're ready to talk then. Hey, Bets, I read the entire thing. Even the one you just posted. I hold my breath and wait for the next wave of our fight to begin. It's good. You're, yeah, you're an incredible writer. Thanks. You know that book you always uh, talked about writing? Yeah? You should write it. I think you should write it. He turns his back to me again and flips off his bedside light. And just like that, the conversation is over. I smile to myself, staring at the ceiling, feeling more awake than I have in 20 years. And so when you finally came to me and said, we helped me, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Absolutely. But I also <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Like, I had no idea that like, you were going to dive headfirst into sobriety and that we're on a podcast right now. And you're writing. I mean, it's awesome. But I had no idea what the world looked like going forward. I go all in. <laughs> Excerpts from this episode are from Our Head Writers Podcast, The Weekend Sober. That was dated December 13th, 2021, episode six. It features Kim, Catherine, and Kim's husband, Evan Kearns. That was Fucking Sober, season two, Betsy, episode seven. Our second to last episode. Fucking Sober is written by Kimberly Kearns. Story development by MJ Hova, Dylan Heap, and Katie Mack. Associate produced by Maggie Stickers and Brianna Janae. Executive produced and sound designed by me. Katie Mack. This episode features music from John Jeremy, Natalia Zuckerman, Derek P. Hurt, Pop Buchanan, and Michael Lemondola. Betsy is played by Kate Siegel, Matt by Otis Gray, Briggs by Brian Fitzgerald, Poppy and Connor by Sox Whitmore, Professor Bridal by Dylan Heath, and Tiffany by Courtney Halford. 
there are no user fees to listen to Fucking Sober, but if you like what you heard, consider making a donation because we want to make future seasons and tell more stories. So find us on our website, fckingsoberpodcast.com. And you can make a donation on PayPal or Venmo, FCKING Sober Podcast. If you're not already following us, do so. FCKING90 underscore podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Fucking Sober does not align with any recovery groups or organizations, and the views and sentiments expressed here are only those of the protagonist and do not reflect everyone's experience. Thank you for listening. Ah, season two is almost over. And thank you again for helping us to stay sober one day at a time. I'm a fall in love with just the thought of you. Rush.